Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside the one and only Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studio at Lambeau Field. West, the Packers begin the second half of the 2020 season on Sunday at Lambeau Field, a noon central time kickoff against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a 6-2 and two team against a 1-7 and seven team. And we won't necessarily talk about those records, but we might as well get right into it here. Offensively, defensively, I'll let you start where you want to. What do the Packers need to do to win this game? Well, they need to be able to protect the quarterback. And what I mean by that is Jacksonville only has eight sacks on the season. Uh, you're not anticipating a heavy pass rush. But for Green Bay, I, I really think that this game really boils down to is if Aaron Rodgers has time to work, the Packers likely are going to be able to roll in this one. I, I just think that's where the tempo is going to get set. I think that's where the tone is going to happen. And Jacksonville, I mean, it was so recently, Mike, they were saying, you know, Saxonville, there was so much uh, energy and enthusiasm about that unit. And it just hasn't been there this season. Josh Allen, as I pointed out on Tuesday's show, you know, he does have two and a half sacks here in the last three games, but that's all he has this season. You know, yeah. it's, it's been kind of, uh, he had a slow start, then had an injury. You know, Miles Jack has had some stuff as well. So, I, I, you know, you, you wrote a story on Packers.com looking at Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Jones both being back on the field now, not one or the other, both of them. If you get that one-two combination going again for Rodgers with what they've been doing offensively and especially the way they've started games this season, I just think if Green Bay imposes their will on those first couple series, that could be enough to at least set the tone for the rest of that game. Yeah, I think a big part of this game, because as we know, this is a game the Packers should win. If they play well, they play their game. I think the start of the game is crucial here because you don't you don't want to let the Jacksonville Jaguars think they can hang around and, and, and make a game of this, frankly. This is a game this is a game that the Packers should be able to win comfortably. I'm not saying it's gonna be some college blowout like forty nine to six. That's not what I'm saying. No. But in the NFL, you know what a comfortable win feels like and that's really what the Packers should do here. And I think if they I mean, Packers have scored on their opening possession all eight games so far this year. Obviously you want to keep that going, make it nine Get control of the game in the first quarter. Don't really let the Jaguars think that this rookie quarterback, Jake Luton, is going to come into Lambeau Field and upset Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I think Green Bay will be in good shape. You know, and the one thing that stands out to me, too, and you, know, you look at Jacksonville this season, they've scored 24 points in the first quarter over eight games. They're averaging three points yeah. a game in the first quarter. Now, they've gotten better. I mean, they're, they've put up 60 in the second. They're still getting outscored there, 71 to 60. But a 64 to 24 deficit out of the gate. I think that kind of speaks to the the issues they've had early on in games. So if Green Bay is able to again go out and be able to do some of the things they've done through their first eight games of the season, I just think it sets the dominoes up for the rest of the thing to go how Matt Lafleur and Mike Pettin would wish it to be. Yeah, I thought it was it was interesting asking questions yesterday. The the story that you mentioned that I wrote about. Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams being on the field at the same time together. You look at these first eight games, it's only happened three and a half games out of eight that the two of them have been on the field together, and only only for two games since week two. Right. So the Packers are hoping that they get into a stretch here where both of those guys are on the field together. And I thought Adams explained it from the, the challenge of the, the defensive side of the ball. I thought he explained it really well in terms of deciding what to do with your safeties. If you're going to play 
you know, what they call cover two or two high, keeping both safeties back. That's how you take away the big play in the passing game. But it makes it a lot harder to clamp down on Aaron Jones because if he makes if he gets a hole and makes one linebacker miss, suddenly, you know, you can have an explosive run of 15, 25 yards. The flip side, if you're only going to play single high safety because you want that other safety down in the box to prevent those explosive runs by Aaron Jones, suddenly Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right. for that matter, can be big problems because you're going to have a lot harder time taking away the deep passing play. So when the Packers have... And again, I'm not taking anything away from Jamal Williams and what he did in the backfield and everything, but we know we've heard it from the coaches and the players. When Aaron Jones is out there, he just brings a different element to this offense. And now that he and Devontae Adams are both healthy and hopefully will be playing together regularly, I think that's the sign that this offense can can you know kick it up another notch. Yeah, and you and I discussed it on Tuesday, but it, it bears repeating. I mean, when you look at Aaron Jones, you're not going to look at his box score from that 49ers game and be completely blown away. I right. think it was 15 carries, maybe 58 rushing yards. Uh, not one of the ones that he's going to put up on his mantle, but the fact was just watching the way that San Francisco and Robert Sala had to defend them at the beginning of that game as opposed to if they would have had a practice squad player like Dexter Williams back there or, you know, Tyler Irvin who hasn't played a traditional backfield running back role this season yeah the game changed with Jones doing that the other thing is too Mike you you mentioned it with the cover two game that defensive coordinators have to play if you give Aaron Jones a hole uh, the yardage that he takes out of that is just he's he's the type of running back that if you give him four he's going to find eight and it's just his shiftiness the way he can knife through the line and the biggest positive for Green Bay was coming out of that game even though there were questions about the calf going in there were no questions about it coming out. He was a full participant on Wednesday. The Packers would hope that, you know, through the Thursday and Friday, good to go. In addition to the fact that Jamal Williams now is off the COVID list after being held there precautionarily and not being able to play against the 49ers. So all those things together, especially depending on what happens with Alan Lazard this week or whenever he's able to get back on the field, it's been sort of this dark, hazy time for the Packers offense, but yet they're still a top 10 unit, and now they're getting all their weapons back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, for me, this game comes down to one thing that the Packers need to do in my mind, and it is eliminate the big plays. And I say that because when you have a rookie quarterback coming in here like Jake Luton, the last thing you want to do is let him do what he did at the beginning of the Houston game, which has hit a 70-yard touchdown pass right out of the gate. And that big play kept Jacksonville in that game the entire way, and they end up you know, losing a close one there at the end. With a rookie quarterback more than any other type of signal caller for the opposing offense, you want to make him have to put together a 10, 12, 13 play drive in order to get points because rookie quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. If you give up the big chunk plays and he can get points on a three or four play scoring drive, that makes his job a heck of a lot easier. The more you can stretch him out and make him earn it all the way down the field, the greater chance that a mistake is going to happen, and then you hope for the Packers' defense to pounce on a turnover. Well, look at that game against Houston, right? I mean, his one touchdown pass was a 73-yard bomb to DJ Shark. So, I mean, these are those type of plays that can really tilt a football game if you let them. The thing that I think we learned the most uh, with this offense and, and with Luton in particular is that you don't want to discount or discredit anybody. I kind of posed the question off of, uh, you know, when I think you're going to be writing this Saturday, 
uh, to, to Jerry Gray, the Packers defensive backs coach, uh, about what this process is like getting ready for a rookie quarterback. What kind of, you know, what do you tell your guys as far as defending them or what kind of opportunities would have been there? And he takes a very baseline approach at it. The way he kind of laid it out was, well, at some point, Tom Brady was a rookie six-round pick too or a first-year, second-year player too. There were defenses that undoubtedly took him for granted and he made them pay. You got to prepare like you're seeing the starting quarterback of an NFL team and not really care about what the rest of the you know the box score says or the bio says they have to be ready because otherwise you're going to get burned in green bay depending on if jair alexander plays in this game as he's working his way through the concussion protocol right now you might be going in with josh jackson and kadar holman as your starting boundary cornerbacks your perimeter cornerbacks so the the main focus has to be on what green bay is doing not so much about what jacksonville is going to give them because if you focus too much and you take for granted what jacksonville is going to throw at you because they're you know one in seven and they have all these things working against them that's where you get burned yeah absolutely and you hope obviously as we talked about on our last show that the defense getting the two turnovers against the san francisco 49ers last thursday ups the season total of takeaways from four to six you hope that maybe that's the start of some momentum here on defense to, to generating those takeaways that were such a big part of the defense's success in 2019 now you're facing another rookie quarterback. Not not that Mullins was, Mullins was not a rookie, but was a backup quarterback. You're facing another backup quarterback here this week. The, certainly the Packers on the defensive side of the ball would like to generate a couple of more turnovers and, and see if they can set a certain standard for how they're going to play and the ways in which they can take the football away and try to carry that through the second half of the season. Yeah, and, and this is where it has to start. We're in the third quarter now. Uh, this is where Green Bay is going to have this game against Jacksonville, and then everything ramps up. Indianapolis has the best defense in the NFL right now statistically. Chicago is no slouch either, even though they've had a couple games going against them. Philadelphia always beats this, plays this team tough and beat them the last time that game was actually at Lambeau Field. So, yeah, you, you can't take anything, you know, just thinking that, okay, well, we're 6-2 and two now. We got a big win against the 49ers. Now we'll just press forward. You have to build on what they did against the 49ers offense, defense, and special teams, and it starts on Sunday against Jacksonville. Yeah, all right. Well, quickly here, Wes, a little bit of sponsor business. Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the National Football League seven days a week. 365 days a year and Packers fans be sure to gear up for game day open a Packers checking account from Associated Bank and score a $50 Packers Pro Shop gift card learn more at associatedbank.com backslash Packers all right Wes I want to get your thoughts here on a handful of other games this week in the NFL because there are some interesting ones to discuss and actually I want to start with the one that's going on tonight as we tape this on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. Thursday night football will be the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. A big matchup in the AFC South. The two top teams in the AFC South both of whom are on the Packers schedule in the second half of the season and next week the Colts being that opponent. Now they will be coming they will be coming back to Lucas Oil Stadium, but off of the mini-buy with the weekend off, just like right. the Packers are now after playing on a Thursday night. But this will be an interesting one here with, uh, as you said, top defense in the league as far as yardage goes, one of the top in terms of points allowed with the Colts against a uh, against a Titans team that certainly uh, they, they've had a couple of hiccups, but 
since uh, you know last December and into January, this is a Titans team that has played with anybody and everybody, and they've uh, they've established themselves as a real formidable force in the AFC. Yeah, and I think over the last few years now, we've started to actually appreciate, I think, more and more Mike Vrabel isn't just an underrated coach anymore. He's quickly becoming one of the best coaches in the league, and especially on the defensive side of the ball uh, with what they've implemented there the last few seasons and some of the changes that they've made. This is a gut check game for Indianapolis, though, because while they sit at 5-3 and three and they haven't lost back-to-back games all season, it always seems like when they take one step forward, they just take another step back and they're still stuck in neutral. Uh, Phillip Rivers this season, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, only, I think, 7.6 yards per pass, yards per attempt this year, so a yeah. little bit down in that regard. They also need to figure out what their running game is right now. Is it Jonathan Taylor? Is it Jordan Wilkins? Who's going to be the face of that in the second half of the season? So I think much like how we've been learning more and more about the Bears, uh, positive and negative, I think this is going to be a real checkpoint on the Colts season as well. And from the Titans' perspective, it's a wide-open top of that conference right now. Everybody has a shot at that top seed, and there's basically five teams that all could arguably be the top seed. So... Uh, it's a kind of a taking care of business sort of matchup for them and seeing if Derrick Henry can keep doing what he's been doing. Yeah, well, as far as uh, these AFC-NFC matchups, which the Packers and Jacksonville is obviously one of those, the most interesting one on the schedule, Buffalo traveling yeah. out west to face Arizona. Now, last week, Seattle traveled across the country to Buffalo to play the Bills, and Buffalo chalked up a big victory there. Now, Buffalo is the team that has to make the cross-country trip uh, down to the southwest to Arizona to face the Cardinals from the NFC West. This is, this is a really interesting one because there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of positive vibe, a lot of hype around the Bills and Josh Allen, and rightly so. But also, Kyler Murray and, uh, and the Arizona Cardinals, they're trying to, they're trying to you know, stake their claim to some territory here in a really tough NFC West division. And uh, this, this one, there, aren't, there probably isn't a lot of the country that's going to get to watch this one in terms yeah. of the way the network stuff is uh, you know, shaking out for this week. But this is a really interesting matchup. It's great. It is funny. I just got done talking about uh, you, know, you had a, sort of an underrated coach in Mike Vrabel. Then you got Sean McDermott. With, yeah. with the Bills, and I mean, he might be the most underrated of all. And the best couldn't part- be more impressed over the last handful of years, like what he has yeah. done with with that with that Buffalo Bills, especially team. during some years where they didn't have really a set quarterback, and yet they still found ways to win. Well, now they probably, by all intents and purposes, in my opinion, I think they got the best quarterback of that draft class right now. I mean, Josh Allen is looking dynamic. Mm-hmm. He can throw. He can pass. Uh, he can run. He can basically do whatever they need him to do at any given moment to win a football game. Now you're going to be going up against an Arizona defense that has had some questions to answer, but Cliff Kingsbury's offense with Kyler Murray at the controls, uh, they can play with anybody in the National Football League. And you look at Murray, I think last week he was up for NFL ground player of the week uh, with what he did with his feet. When I mentioned Allen and being so multifaceted, Murray is of that same bilk. And even more importantly, that conference or that division I should say you have to win every game that's in front of you the Bills are a massive test to being able to do that yeah that one's going to be uh going to be a good one to follow another one to mention here within the NFC West that tough division we've been talking about Seattle is at the LA Rams and as I mentioned on our last show the Rams are five and three at the midway point 
But four of their remaining eight games, they have two with the Seahawks and two with the Cardinals. They have a lot in front of them that they can, if they can get on a run here, they can take command of things. Seattle, six and two, tied for the top record in the NFC right now with the Packers and the Saints. But the Seahawks have lost two of their last three after a five and zero start, and they have a defense that statistically is among the bottom of the of the league. They've got problems defensively. This is a really, really important one in the NFC West because if Seattle wins this and gets two games up on the Rams, right. you know, seven and two versus five and four, things look really, really different for the Rams. But if the Rams get the win, six and three, they even themselves up with the Seahawks at six and three. Whatever happens with Arizona against Buffalo, that NFC, that NFC West starts to get even more complicated. Yeah, and Aaron Donald against that Seattle front too, and seeing you know what what's the number one way to really attack Russell Wilson? Collapse the pocket. He does it better than anybody in the National Football League. So that aspect of it is really intriguing. But you know, throw this out there too. You also got to look at that game between San Francisco now having to go to New Orleans. So. You know, we'll see how that works out for the 49ers. They're still going to be missing a lot of people. Right. This is a massive opportunity for either the Rams or the Seahawks to really gain some traction with the Cardinals having tough competition with the Bills yep. and the 49ers having to take care of arguably now the hottest team in the NFL in the Saints, who I think many left for dead as recently as three weeks ago. So that just sort of tells you where this season has gone. And yeah, for the for the Rams' perspective, this is what they were wanting to do after missing the playoffs last year was come back and make a statement, show that Jared Goff is still our quarterback, show that this offense can be successful in the post-Todd Gurley era, and they've done all that. I mean, and along with the defense, that's really difficult to sometimes solve. Yeah, no doubt. Well, last one to get your thoughts on, and this is the one that is uh, the most pertinent as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned, Monday night football, the Minnesota Vikings will be at Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. And I've gone back and forth a little bit with uh, with the readers in inbox about this one because the Bears are 5-4, and four, the Vikings are 3-5. and five. So when you look at those records, you go, oh, well, you want Minnesota to, to beat Chicago. But I'm not so <laughs> sure because... The Bears were 5-1. and one. They have lost three in a row. They have not solved any of their issues on offense. That offense is still really struggling and trying to find its footing. Meanwhile, the Vikings, after their 1-5 and five start, they now have two straight wins over division opponents, beating the Packers and the Lions in back-to-back weeks. Dalvin Cook looks as unstoppable as any running back in the league, similar to what Derrick Henry for the Titans yeah. was doing late last season. And here's the thing, Wes. After this Monday night game at Chicago, Minnesota's next three games, Cowboys, Panthers, Jaguars, three sub-500 teams. Cowboys obviously have, have been you know, playing the quarterback carousel with, with their issues. Carolina, there's still questions about Christian McCaffrey yeah. and his health, and obviously Jacksonville, we've been talking about them this week. If Minnesota wins this game on Monday night and gets to four and five, they very, very easily could be seven and five three more weeks from now and all of a sudden, everybody's saying nobody wants to play the Vikings, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that, that's where this could be headed. Yeah, and the rumors of Mike Zimmer's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Right? <laughs> absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I, I, you know, and I've said it a million times on this show over the last four and a half years. I have so much respect for him because, yeah, you're right about Delvin Cook. I'm not going to disagree with any of that. But statistically, I don't know how this is going to end up going down for Mike Zimmer's defense-wise. But it very well could end up being the best coaching job he's done in Minnesota, truly. I mean, with what they've made work here the last few weeks, and now you've seen sort of role players develop into more defined you know, roles in this defense, 
And I think it really comes back to if you have a strong back end, if you have linebackers that you're confident in, you can make the other stuff work if you're flexible enough with it. So uh, it's a really interesting game in that you have the Vikings at 3-5 and five and the Bears at 5-4, and four, and it almost feels like you could flip the records just based on how the last three weeks have felt. Yep. And for the Bears, I mean, this is, this is the moment. They're going to be going into the bye here soon. They have the Packers coming up on the, you know, very quickly as well. You got to be able to get a win when you desperately need one, and you're taking on a Vikings team that's really streaking here into this third part of the season. Well, this will be interesting with regard to Dalvin Cook because we've seen him run roughshod over yeah. the Packers and the Lions in back-to-back weeks. But this Bears defense, that's another outfit entirely, and this will be on the national stage on Monday night, um, not on the you know not on the fast track of uh, of an artificial surface, but obviously that uh, the grass surface didn't slow down Dalvin Cook here at Lambeau Field. Yeah a couple of weeks ago. My question to you then is, as I said, going back and forth with Packers fans, the readers in inbox, as a Packers fan, which team do you root for Monday night? Who do you want to win this game? Yeah, I think it's probably the Vikings still. Because really? I go back to what I said a number of weeks ago. I think it was at the San Francisco game before the Packers played. I forget which one it was, which example I used. But Green Bay is at 6-2. and two. If you take care of business against Jacksonville, you're 7-3. and three. Packers don't have to see the Vikings again this season unless it ends up being in the right. playoffs. That is that is the one factor here. The Packers have to play the Bears twice, no games left against the Vikings. If the Green Bay takes care of business here and the Bears fall back to 5-5, five and five, you're now looking at a two-game advantage here in the NFC North with seven games to go. Uh, for Green Bay, I just I focus on what's in front of me, not what's behind me. I totally get what you're saying, though. You know, the Vikings end up coming back up in this race. You never know what could happen in December, but Chicago's the clear and present danger right now. They're the team they're going to see at the end of the month. They're the team that's closest to them in the division. If you can knock them down another peg, I'd like Green Bay's chances to be able to close this division out. Maybe the best way to look at it from a Packers fan's perspective is that the Bears and the Vikings can't both win this exactly. week. Somebody's got to lose unless yeah. there's a tie. But we won't, we're not going to talk about we that. Won't, we won't get into that. But yeah, the, I I mean I'm glad this game is on Monday night because we'll we'll work you know cover the game on Sunday. We'll put in our day after the game work on Monday, and then it's like okay, go home and pop the popcorn and get ready to watch get the wine a, you know, coolers a, a good old-fashioned NFC North battle from Soldier Field. So I'm yeah, no, it'll be, it. it'll be fun to watch. And, and again, I, I am interested to see how Delvin Cook responds to this, yeah. uh, getting back onto Me that too. type of turf. And honestly, Mike, what's the only thing that's held him back to this point in his career? Injuries. Yep. If he stays healthy here and they keep feeding him a big workload, I mean, I, I said it on Tuesday's show, I'll say it one more time. He is in the running then suddenly for the best running back title in the NFL. Yeah, he's I there. think so. I, and I think he, I think mentally he's going to be saying, hey, I, on Monday Night Football, national television against a defense like Chicago, I can state my case. I can state my case for, for that type of recognition. So. And the Packers will be watching. <laughs> they they don't have to be a part of it anymore. Absolutely will be. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything with Sunday's game against Jacksonville. It'll all be for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>